for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to John Lund, radio host at KNBR 104.5 and 680 and pre- and post-game host for the San Francisco 49ers radio broadcast about where the Niners stand and what you're looking for as they enter week one of the preseason tonight against the Green Bay Packers. Trey Lance, obviously the huge story for the 49ers, but a little bit of concern at the cornerback position after an injury to Charvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley. And what are the 49ers going to do with the lack of depth on the interior offensive line? All things we can talk about with John Lund, who joins me next. Today is Friday, August 12th. It's a pleasure to welcome to the podcast John Lund. You hear him weekdays 10 to 2 on KNBR on Papa Lund. Also pre and post game for the 49ers this season on KNBR 104.5 and 680. John, what's up, man? I think it's the first time we had you on the podcast. Doing pre and post with you this year. It'll be very nice, you and I and, uh, and Dennis Brown. So uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, dude, it'll be fun. Uh, getting into the weeds uh, later today, actually, uh, when the 49ers take on the Green Bay Packers for the uh, the first time since they eliminated them from the postseason last year, dude. Thinking about last year, how cool was that run to the playoffs that we got Cowboys, we got Packers, we got Rams, 49ers, and had the Niners gotten through the Rams, we would have gotten the Bengals in the Super Bowl, like a whole rematch of everything 80s and 90s 49ers. It would have been incredible. It, look, it was incredible anyway. I mean, for them to go to Green Bay, for them to go to Dallas, to do everything that they did, especially getting off to a 3 and five start I think it gives them a ton of confidence going into this year and then obviously everybody wants to talk about the quarterback situation and what's going on there and when it can get resolved with Jimmy but as a quick look back I would say that when you start three and five and you have the kind of comeback that they did and continue with the physicality and the type of things that they want to do it sets you up for expectations for this year no matter who's behind center yeah, and I think the, the hope and the expectation is that if Trey Lance, and if the baseline is that Trey Lance is just as good as Jimmy was for this year, then the hope for what he can be beyond the season I think is spectacular. And I think we've all seen the ability. We all look at him and go, if this guy can process and if this guy can figure out how to apply the skill set we've seen in practice to an NFL game, the 49ers could be dangerous. Let's start there because no offense to anybody who does numbers. I think David Lombardi does a great job and, and Barros and all the guys from the athletic and all the guys who cover the 49ers and look, everybody likes to click on this stuff. And Trey went 10 of 13 with two interceptions. I get it. I really do. And I, I think it's important, but in context and talking to every single one of these guys offensively and defensively, the way that it works is there's certain plays they're trying to run. They're not game planning for the defense. They're trying to get things done. The more that camp goes on, the more these guys see the plays, these guys defensively are very smart, especially guys like Fred Warner and Nick Bosa. Jimmy Ward is vastly underrated. So these guys know what's coming. And so when Trey throws an interception and everybody goes, oh, no, Trey threw another interception. I think it's six interceptions in camp or something, and the offense hasn't looked good. You have to put that in the proper context. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily interception. Nick Bosa was telling us the other day that, look, they're getting pressure on him, and at some point he's got to just try to get rid of the football. And in a game, maybe he doesn't make that throw. So it's not really in the proper context of what numbers are from camp. And for some reason, all we do is track what the quarterback does. I don't know how many catches Brandon Ayuk has, but I know he's looked really good in a couple of times I've gone down there. So, you know, in talking to Ayuk and talking to the defensive players on both sides of the ball, Trey Lance has been really good. And once the season hits, George Kittle told us, this a couple of days ago, they're going to run some power stuff. Like think Cam Newton on third down, your short yardage situations that they struggled with. Remember against the Rams really would turn the season around. Joukowsky Tart dropped that interception, but they got stuffed by Eric Weddle on a second and one play where they really struggled. Well, Trey Lance is in there. They might be running a power and that's going to be really difficult to stop. So the type of things they may not do that Jim Garoppolo does, yeah, get rid of the ball quickly, but extending plays, adding the running mail, all of those things. Guys are really excited down at camp of the things that Trey Lance can do, despite what maybe the numbers say. 
Yeah, Ray Ray McLeod said he was giving him like Josh Allen vibes the other day, and, and that's what you're talking about. I mean, they're running like power sweeps with uh, with Josh Allen there for you know on on third and fours, and he's picking up like seven yards, which is what makes him so incredible. I think that's the hope, and the offense can open up a little differently this year for Kyle Shanahan if Trey Lance uh, can apply what he's done in camp to this point. Okay, next question is about uh, about the backfield. I'm pretty excited. I mean, by all accounts, this backfield is going to look a lot different than it did last year. Obviously, they were banged up from week one. Raheem Mostert goes down against the uh, uh, the Detroit Lions week one. Then all of a sudden you've got Elijah Mitchell who was asked to carry the load. Then he gets banged up. Jamichael Hasty and like Trenton Cannon out there taking carries. Ultimately they land on Debo Samuel. How different does the offense look from a running perspective do you think this year? I think it looks leaps and bounds. Talked to Kyle Juszczyk a couple of days ago and he's ecstatic about everybody and the different kind of things that everybody can bring to the table. He was telling us that Elijah Mitchell who really wasn't used in the pass game has really stepped it up and used the offseason to get better in the past game. So all of a sudden, Elijah Mitchell's there. He was banged up because, look, it, this kind of happened in the defensive backfield last year. They had to use Debo. I think people forget about that. When there were so many injuries in the backfield, they had to start using Debo as a running back. But now Ty Davis-Price is a really tough guy. Trey Sermon, everybody's raving about not only physically what he looks like, but that he's putting the foot in the ground and he's getting up the field. Elijah Mitchell was in this type of an offense in college, which is why he was a little bit quicker to pick it up. Trey Sermon's getting Ray reviews. You know, Ty Davis Price has got size. So, look, I know a lot was made with Debo's situation and how many times he's going to have to tote the rock and all those kind of things, and now he's got incentives in his contract. He may not have to run the ball as much, not because he's not really good, because he is, but because now, unlike last year, they have the depth, and in Trey Sermon's case, they have the confidence. So really deep backfield. Like guy like Jamichael Hasty, who they used on third down last year, I think he's clearly on the bubble and probably doesn't make this roster because they're so deep back there. And we didn't even mention Jeff Wilson Jr., who's been right. a great goal line threat. He's caught some passes out of the backfield for the last three years for, for Kyle Shanahan. And when you're in a Shanahan backfield, you got to know if you're a running back, you're probably going to get used at some point, right, in some capacity. And so I'm excited about what the backfield looks like this year. In terms of the receivers, you mentioned Brandon Ayuk earlier. seems to me like his offseason is the one everybody's talking about. He went down and worked with Trey Lance. They've got some chemistry. He's had a really sort of flashy camp relative to where he was last year kind of in the doghouse at the start of the season. What do you think the expectations are for him and, and making a jump this year as maybe the number one receiver? I know Debo's like the number one ball carrier or the guy with the ball in his hands, but as far as a pure receiver goes, Brendan Ayuk is a much different guy. I don't think there's any question from himself who we talked to, to to everybody on the roster feels like this is a breakout year that he's going to become. I'm not saying he's going to be the elite type of receiver, but maybe right below that, that as good as Debo is, like you said, he does kind of different things with the ball and his big run after the catch. In terms of a pure receiver, the expectation, and I think that for this team to get to where it wants to go with Trey Lance, he's got to be nothing less that a upper echelon receiver that really puts pressure on a defense where you say, geez, that's a guy we got to deal with. And now we're dealing with Debo and we're dealing with this guy and we're dealing with the running backs that you have. And really from a skill position standpoint, if Brandon Ayuk can capitalize on the type of things that you're seeing, and we're seeing this in camp, but I know you've seen it as well, where the one-on-ones, I mean, he is the way that he's running routes, the type of chemistry going down to San Diego and working with Trey Lance, as you, as you talked about, just they're like brothers now. And we know what that's like when you have chemistry and you know where a guy is going to go and, and those kind of things. And to be honest with you, as good as Debo is, because he was having the lock-in, because he wasn't really participating in anything in the offseason, that's maybe where I wouldn't say the concern lies. But Trey he didn't work with the first team a ton last year, so they got to get on the same page, he and Debo. But in terms of he, he and Ayuk, and in terms of what is expected of Brandon Ayuk, a giant step forward and more consistency. 
How concerned are you with the offensive line? It could be a bunch of young guys up there. Spencer Buford's a guy who's been mentioned as a starter. The first unofficial draft or a depth chart came out. He was a starter. Jake Brendel potentially at center, but you've also got Dan Brunskill who can run there. And then Aaron Banks, who we didn't see any of last year, was a second-round pick, who I think they need to see perform to prove that this is somebody that had some value at the top of the draft. What do you think about the offensive line, and, and is that a key concern for you entering the season? Well, Trent Williams told us the other day that it's not a concern of his, but I don't know how it can't be because McGlinchey's coming back from an injury. He's looked good. Trent Williams is Trent Williams. But you have an inexperienced Jake Brendel at center with an inexperienced quarterback. You have an inexperienced left guard who just didn't play last year because he wasn't in shape. And Burford, as you said, from Texas San Antonio, a fourth-round pick. Now, he was a four-star guy. I don't know how he got to Texas San Antonio being in Texas. I mean, with the Longhorns and TCU, and I have no idea how he got there, but he did. Yes, we, John, John, yes, we do. We know yeah, how he gets that's there. True. You know how he gets that's there. That's true. Here you go, big guy. But, you know, it's so he has experience. He played all four years. He started 10 games as a freshman and went from there and played all along the offensive line, except for right guard, which is what they're going to ask him to do. So, look, they can spin it all they want. There's a ton of depth. Go to the different positions. They learned their lesson in the defensive backfield from a year ago. Verrett gets hurt against the Lions. They had nothing. They learned their lesson in the offensive backfield where you had injuries and you had to go to Debo. They have depth all over this roster. But the one place they clearly don't is that you've got inexperience in the interior offensive line where Aaron Donald is, where you got guys, Arizona, Seattle, in your division, really good interior defensive line play, but specifically with the team you most have to beat in the Rams. And you're going into the season with that. Now, look, maybe as the season progresses, you can be fine. And I know that it doesn't really get clicks to talk about the interior offensive line. It's like, oh, but when you have a young quarterback and that's where the pressure comes, now all of a sudden he's got to step up. He can't get out of the pocket. It's a major issue to lose Alex Mack, to lose Lake and Tomlinson. It might not be sexy to talk about, but that's a major issue because like, I would not be surprised at all if somebody came through the waiver wire. Much like, remember, a couple of years ago, Lake and Tomlinson, late in camp, they picked him up. It's nothing against the guys that are working for the jobs right now. I'm just talking from an experience standpoint. I can't believe they're going to go with these three interior offensive linemen when everything else is so set. The inexperience of these guys inside with an inexperienced quarterback, that could spell disaster. No, it's a great point, and that's how, by the way, you, you end up cleaning up sacks on the outside. If you can get a push on the 49ers up the middle and it forces Trey Lance to move to the outside and make passes on the run, now you're breaking down plays and his processing is going to slow, and you get the opportunity to sack him. Yeah. That's what we've seen in camp is that they've been so good in that front seven, and that especially the defensive line, that everybody is talking about how Trey just doesn't have time to throw it. Everybody associates that with Nick Bosa coming from the outside. A great pass rush starts from the inside, the push, the quarterback's got to move. If he comes from the, if it's coming just from the outside, he moves up in the pocket. He's still got confidence. A young quarterback like Trey Lance, you know, you start getting the push in the middle, all of a sudden he's getting happy feet. He doesn't have a whole lot of experience in how to handle it. That could be, again, they are deep all over the place. And this is a really talented roster, but I can't believe they're going to go into the season with this inexperienced of an interior offensive line. I just don't see it. Yeah, with Trey Lance back there in the first full season as a starter, it's definitely a concern. Uh, one more for you on the way out, John, just because I know this is going to be a topic for the next few weeks now. Kyle Shanahan on KNBR on Wednesday morning announced that Charverius Ward has got a little bit of a muscle strain issue. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Emmanuel Mosley already dealing with a hamstring issue. Right back in the middle of this thing, dude. Right back into, oh boy, they don't have the cornerback depth that we were hoping. At some point, they'll get Jason Verrett back, but Amber Thomas has been burned all preseason long, or all uh, training camp long, I should, uh, should clarify. Is this a major concern for you? I know we're a few weeks out still from the start of the season, but it was already a point of emphasis, I think, this offseason. 
Ward has been so good and Mosley has been so good. And again, not only what we're seeing in some of the scrimmages, but I mean, you're looking the one-on-one against the receivers. They just can't get free. These guys, they're that good. So it's nice to have the depth and they do. They drafted a couple of, of corners. Ambry comes back. Lenore has by all accounts to the people that know that I've talked to said he looks a little bit better. So the depth is there. It's just really young depth. And again, go to the division and who you're going to play. That's who you got to beat first. The Rams against young corners, the Cardinals against young corners, the Seahawks with DK Metcalf and Lockett, even though that doesn't look like a really good football team from a receiver standpoint, it is. So you have to first deal with your division. And if you've got, especially early in the season, if you've got injuries, now maybe the Bears can't take advantage of it in week one, Seattle in week number two, they don't have great quarterbacks but still throughout the season if you're having to deal with that look it derailed the season in week one there's just no doubt about it last year when Jason Verrett who by the way is going to start on the pup list and he's not going to be ready either when Verrett got hurt they didn't have any other plans Mosley's gotten hurt in his career just has happened they've got depth back there it's just unproven yeah, dude, it's going to be something to watch. There's no shortage of storylines. Maybe one of the most fun teams to follow this year in the NFL is the Niners just because of all the storylines around them and the hope that they can get back to an NFC championship and ultimately a Super Bowl. John, we'll have some fun later today on KNBR for the pregame, and uh, we'll do it all season long, man. Thanks so much. Can't wait, bro. Great stuff from John Lund. Make sure you're uh, paying attention to him. By paying attention, I guess I should—I mean listening to him on KNBR weekdays, 10 to 2 p.m. with Greg Papa. They do uh, great football stuff Thursdays. They do the football hour with uh, Tim Ryan. A lot of good football coverage and 49er coverage on Papa and Lund all season long. And then, of course, on pre- and post-game over on KNBR with John, myself, and former Super Bowl champion Dennis Brown. Thank you to John Lund. Thank you to Brian Smith, my producer. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is you're listening to us. The 49ers and the Packers tonight. It's uh, the week one of their preseason that gets going uh, out at Levi Stadium, and uh, they'll have it for you on KGO 810 tonight, a 530 kickoff. Also, a 130 pregame is when that gets going. And as I mentioned, John and Dennis and I will be all over that. Until Monday, when we talk a little bit about the Arizona Cardinals, that'll be a lot of fun. Get into that with Darren Urban, who covers the Cardinals for over 20 years for azcardinals.com about where they stand in the NFC West. Until then, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy football on a Friday night. We'll talk to you then.